0: Good morning and uh, greetings from Sunny Brixton. This is Phil here from The Well and uh, it's just such a privilege to be with you on screen this morning. Even if we can't be together physically here we are in another lockdown. We can manage this for another season, for a short season surely. God's going to be with us and we can see our way through this. But uh, I just wanted to thank you this morning, uh, as well as having the opportunity to speak to you, but to say thank you for Kelly and specifically, she is such a daughter of encouragement. She's a Barnabas. She's a somebody who brings that refreshment of the spirit wherever she is. And I just want to thank you as a congregation for continuing to to connect and to release that blessing through her. Uh, It's so, so important that we are able to bless one another in the body of Christ. And so thank you for Kelly. And um, and I just want to reflect briefly on the moment that we're in, this sort of season that, that we've been in. 2020 has been just the most bizarre year, hasn't it? Let's for a moment just think about one or two things to relate it to that, and then I'm going to get into my message. Um, it's hard to see what the landscape will be like after COVID, but you know what? Some things I don't want to go back to normal. I am among those who believe that earthquakes are meant to change the landscape. They're certainly useful to help us, aren't they, to consider more deeply what and how we're building, whether it's our lives, our businesses, our families, uh, our churches. Buildings that survive earthquakes apparently do so by distributing the shock more widely so that there isn't uh, one crucial pillar that holds everything up uh, but lots of places where that take the strain. And personally, I'm so glad we have this opportunity to reimagine church in ways that aren't over-dependent on, on one structure or one person, uh, if you like, or even just a few people. Uh, a lot of people have been getting to play in this season, which is what I love. My granddad was a chess champion, and I remember him teaching me that to, uh, to play chess, you do well to learn how to play without your queen on the board. And so sometimes he'd remove the queen and and play without it. And his theory, you know, I gather it's common knowledge nowadays, um, but it was that to play in this way strengthens your deployment of all the other pieces on the board. So instead of simply defaulting to your strongest piece to play your game, you had uh, a lot more tricks up your sleeve. And uh, we're going to need a lot more Holy Spirit tricks up our sleeve Uh, to navigate this near future that we're all entering into. They're challenging and they're turbulent times. And we're all in very different seasons, very different situations. And as people uh, have started to fill the airways with their opinions, you know, ideas. But the one thing that I felt confident uh, as being a word from heaven has been the invitation to be still, just to stop and to listen. And in this season, of kind of biological persecution, I believe the father wants to insure, assure us really of two things. One, he knows your name and he knows the season that you are in. He knows your name and he knows the season that you're in. And in scripture, and I'm going to go through this really quickly, I hope so. Uh, in scripture, God several times repeats people's names. And when he does this, it's it's you know it's going to be a special moment. So I'm going to do a quick whistle-stop tour and share seven repeated calls in Scripture and invite you as we go along just to respond in in your spirit to the voice of the Lord to you for the season that you're in. The first one is in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 18, and it's the story of Abraham. And uh, it says in verse 10 to 11 that Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And Abraham, you know, he loved God and he would learned to listen to God. And God loved Abra- Abraham, it's clear from the story, and had promised him many children, uh, descendants, it says, as many as the stars. And God had given Abraham a son in his old age, the one who he knew was the miracle child of the promise. And Abraham loved Isaac with such a great love. And then one day, God spoke to Abraham's heart, and he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, Abraham, whom you love, and I want you to sacrifice him at a place that I will show you. And so with a heavy heart, uh, Abraham set off with Isaac, carrying a stack of wood for the altar. And Isaac asks where's the sacrifice, dad? And uh, and Abraham replied, God himself will provide the sacrifice. He didn't realize, did he, that just what an incredible prophetic statement that was, that hundreds of years later on the same mountain, God would give his only son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice for all of us and for all mankind. But at that point, all Abraham knew was that he must sacrifice his son, whom he loved. So he bound Isaac to the altar and he was about to slay him, had the knife, when well, it says God spoke again. And I want to say something here. You know, the point is that God sometimes cuts us back to the bone to see what is in us. Abraham was an old man who had received a promised son. And he'd suffered years of waiting. He must have thought this was the end. But he trusted God even so, and he carried on. And he was prepared to do what God had said. But, you know, God knows when to speak, and he calls to Abraham's heart, and he calls him twice. And thankfully, Abraham was still listening, and he knew the the Lord's voice. He kept listening. Sometimes people think God has got no more to say. But we read all the way through the Bible how God spoke to people and given, to give his instructions. And, uh, and some people often think, well, God's got no more to say. But God is after a prophetic people, isn't he? And the grace of God is about transforming our lives. It's about causing us to be a, a people who are listening all the time. And the process of revealing to our minds what is good and pleasing and perfect it's a relational exercise. Sometimes we think God has said, He's 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 that's it. That's all he's got to say to us. And I know what it is. But you know, there's always more for us to get hold of. God may test us, but he will always provide for us in the end. Perhaps that's the season you're in right now. You feel literally cut to the bone. You know, I just, my heart's with you. God's heart is with you. And God promises that he will provide for you and you will see his goodness. Just keep listening. Do what he tells you to do. Second story, Jacob. It's in Genesis uh, chapter 45, I think, 28, 28 to 46. It says, God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. And he said, I am God, I am the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. And Jacob was given fresh joy, a new thing to do, just when he thought he was ready to die. After many years, he was reunited with the son that he thought he'd lost forever. And in that, um, in the, the the long plan of God, there are so many homecomings, aren't there? Many new adventures. and And Jacob had to stand before Pharaoh And bless that ruler. You know, he thought it was all over, but it had just begun. Sometimes the prayer of faith begins the moment we think it's all lost. And guess what? God knows how to answer our prayers better than we know how to ask them. That's good news, isn't it? He's better at answering our prayers than we are at asking them. If that's the season you're in, look, take heart. We Live and breathe our job on earth. It's just not over until it's over. And I really believe this is here for some of you listening. Some of you have been saying the best is all behind me. But I want to say to you today, there is more. In fact, the best is yet to come. If that's for you, take it, receive it. The Lord is saying this to you. Thirdly, Moses, Exodus 3, 4 says, When the Lord saw, he turned aside to look, uh, uh, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And then he said, Do not come near here. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. Now, I don't know if you refresh yourselves in this story, but Moses had lost all self confidence. He tried to bring about justice through his own strength, he lashed out in anger. uh, At the persecution of the Hebrews, you know that obviously his mum, who is his actually his wet nurse, uh, otherwise known as mum, had had instilled that in him, and his anger led him to murder. Moses was an angry young man who had done his best to to bring righteousness through and justice through his own strength, but now he found himself old and hungry for something new. And Moses was in a place of brokenness. He had a fresh humility about him. And now God calls to him from a different place. God has a habit of appointing prophets in the desert. So if that's where you find yourself today, if that's the season you're in, don't despair. If you listen, you will hear the Lord calling your name because the desert is the place of prophetic appointments and you will come out of it in power. If that's you, take heart today. Fourthly, Samuel, 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 to 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord uh, uh, was, was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. And it happened at that time as Eli was lying down on his place. Now his eyesight, it says, had begun to grow dim and he could not see well and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That the Lord then called to Samuel and said, Here I am. Uh, and he ran to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Um, but he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and he lay down, and the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I didn't call my son. Go lie down again. Now Samuel didn't yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and he went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli, bless him, he discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. And then verse 10, it says, then the Lord came again, stood and called as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I just love that. Uh, And it says that um, the word of the Lord was rare, but the prophets I don't believe the the, word of the Lord is ever rare. I believe the challenge is our ability to listen. I I think the prophets were clearly not listening. That's my personal perspective. But Eli, it says, had redeemed himself a bit by taking on Samuel. And Eli had taught Samuel how to recognize and to respond to the voice of God. And this story is really a challenge for parents, for leaders, especially in this season, Because discipleship isn't telling people what to do. It's about giving space and access in our lives. It's where we ask the question, well, what is God saying uh, uh, about this or about that? And what, what are you going to do about it? You're very familiar, I'm sure, with those two questions. Not just once, but frequently. So parents and leaders take seriously meeting and praying for family, for team, for young people in your circle of influence. They are the leaders that God is raising up uh, in your wake. If you will take seriously the young people around you and teach them to recognize God's voice, I sincerely believe you will help save a generation. Perhaps you are the next generation listening to this. The word of of the Lord is new to you and you're just learning to recognize God's voice and to be servants who are quick to obey. God bless you in that exciting adventure Fifthly, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, 42 to 40. It says this, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations as she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, again, twice, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing, Is necessary. For Mary had chosen the good part which shall not be taken from her. Now, Martha, this is a classic case of uh, being locked into uh, fulfilling our identity through what we do, isn't it? Succumbing to the weapons of mass distraction, as somebody put it once. I love that. It's a very descriptive phrase. But Jesus, he's kind of gently scolding her and teaching her that what is a good thing may not be the best thing. And Jesus is not bound by culture and tradition. Women were meant to sit, not to sit at the feet of a rabbi, but to be in the kitchen. But discipleship is not gendered. It's not gender based. Those watching here from both genders who are feeling stuck, feeling distracted. I want to say to you, feeling all of your life is probably just a, an expectation of others that has been put upon you and that you've accepted somehow stuck in a role or an expectation that is not from the Lord. The Lord release you. You are not your job. You are not defined by anything other than your relationship with Jesus. So be free uh, from those mass distractions and, and just continue to wrestle with your identity in Christ. He knows your name and he knows your season. Sixthly, Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for, or literally prayed around you, that your faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. You know, in these strange times, we've got to learn how to protect one another. You know, I really sense that these are seasons of sifting, and these are seasons of pressure, where the enemy uh, uh, is is pressing in hard, and we may need special prayer. This is why the Lord places us in communities of friends. This passage really is a revelation, isn't it? It's a it's a promise. It's a, a prophecy. It's a, a revelation and an instruction. Satan has that's a revelation, but I have that's a promise. But and when you have that's a prophecy. When you've turned, then you must strengthen your brothers. That's an instruction. And the Lord knows our battles. He knows what the enemy's planning. Uh, uh, So he devises a strategy to overcome it so that even when we fail, Jesus is so confident, not of Peter, but of prayer. Uh, And he tells Peter what to do when he's recovered from that fall. Perhaps you are Simon Peter in this season. If so, then just surround yourself with the prayers of friends. Ask for protective prayers in this season of sifting. Uh, Call on your friends. And request prayer. Maybe you know someone who is in a season of special pressure. Uh, Pray for them. Look out for them. Listen to what the Lord says. Surround them. Literally walk around them, if possible, uh, in prayer. Those people need our protection. And then finally, Saul in Acts 9, verse 3 to 6, it says, As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven Flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. I think some listening today are feeling possibly restrained. You're in a season where you're feeling the restraint, and your restraint isn't the enemy it's the Lord, because he wants to get your attention. So I suggest that you don't resist that restraint, that you don't wriggle and wrestle with it, but that you ask the Lord uh, help you to surrender to it. Because if you do, you will receive revelation. There's a job God has for you, but he's trying to get you to be still enough to hear it. You know, you can't do more than say, yes, Lord. And um, we need our marching orders from heaven, don't we? What instructions is God giving you right now? What is he giving you today? Let's pray. Father, I do want to thank you for my friends over in Woolwich. And I pray this, this morning, this afternoon, whenever they're listening to this, that you, Lord, would uh, land one of those seven areas where you speak to the heart of a person, knowing them by name. And that Lord, maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's more areas that you land this morning. But I pray that you would be the one making that connection, that point of a visceral connection between their situation and your presence, uh, making it clear, Lord, that you know them by name, that you have a way, and you are the way. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make a way for each of my friends over there in Woolwich, that you would forge Uh, a a way through uh, every challenge so that they become all and more that you can equip them to be. And I thank you that they are known by you, called by you and equipped by you in order to do and to be those ambassadors of the kingdom. So bless the congregation, bless these friends, bless each one of you in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you and make his face to shine upon you and to give you peace. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.